Tony Colombo. Libertarianism is all about individual liberty. Katie Fitzpatrick. Oh, good for you. Colombo and Katie on News Talk STL. Time to rise. SPN Welcome to Colombo and Katie on this opening day of the Missouri legislative session. An abbreviated version of Colombo and Katie this afternoon because we are going to get you live to the Tim Jones and Chris Arp show an hour earlier than usual today because those gentlemen are live in the Capitol in Jeff City. For opening day, and they have got a packed show for you full of uh, all the important names in Missouri politics. And uh, there's going to be a whole lot going on this uh, legislative session, this uh, election year of 2024. So definitely keep it here for that. Uh, in this hour before we send it out to Tim and Chris at Jeff City, we are going to uh, kind of set the table for that broadcast. We've got a great show for you here, uh, condensed uh, packed show. James Knowles, the former mayor of Ferguson and uh, current city manager out in Darting Prairie, is going to join us in just a moment. Going to look forward to some of the things that uh, local leaders, specifically in our area, um, mayors and 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 people running the various municip- municipalities in our area. You know, what are they? telling these lawmakers as they get ready to start this legislative session what role do the local city and municipality governments play um and and what kind of influence do they have on the legislative session so we're going to talk to uh mayor Knowles here in just a moment we are also going to talk to of course he joins us every wednesday but it's the, the perfect day today the insider's insider of local News and politics. The great Rodney Boyd will be with us at about 2.20. And then at about 2.45 this afternoon, we are going to talk to the sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak, and kind of look forward, uh, uh, get that law enforcement perspective as we start the new year. So uh, lots to talk about. We'll also try to touch on some of the national headlines as we go through the hour here. But um, a lot of the focus today, rightfully so. So on local news and politics with the beginning of the legislative session. So let's get right to it with Mayor James Knowles, again, former mayor of Ferguson, Missouri, now with the uh, city of Darting Prairie. And James, always great to talk with you, my friend. How are you? Doing great, Tony. Always glad to be with you. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk to you because you have a very unique perspective on this. You have been uh, a mayor of a local municipality. You are still in in uh, in city leadership uh, now in St. Charles County and instead of St. Louis County. But uh, you've you've seen how it works in both St. Louis County, St. Charles County. You've worked with these legislatures uh, in the past. 
um, as we kick off this new legislative session. Um, how much influence do city leaders have on the various elected officials, state reps, state senators, and and the like? And how receptive are those elected uh, officials in hearing from what you guys have to say from the uh, city aspect of things? Sure. Well, thanks, Tony. You know, I actually started off my career as a staff person in the Missouri Senate. So I, uh, I remember those days reaching out to the mayors and superintendents and the local officials that we that we worked with to try to get the local perspective on the ground of what was going on in our in the various districts. Um, we still have those you know relationships today. Obviously, I'm on the other side of things, um, but we do have a great relationship with a lot of our legislators, especially our contingent out here in St. Charles County. Uh, we do take the opportunity to go to Jefferson City and meet with them. We do invite them to our events here uh, so they can hear on the ground what's happening in the various neighborhoods and the communities, what our constituents are telling us, and then obviously how the the legislature and their actions and the rules that they make, uh, how that affects the way that we can govern, how that affects the way we do economic development, how it affects the way we do city planning, how it uh, does transportation um, infrastructure improvements, uh, just really how it allows us to respond every day to the concerns that our residents, you know, come to City Hall with. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's good to hear that that relationship, and I would imagine that this is not necessarily universal. It probably has very much to do uh, with, uh, you know, every county or every municipality is a, a little bit different and every elected official is a little bit different. Um, is it is it normal to have a, a strong, open line of communication between, like, a mayor and the elected state reps and state senators that uh, represent that area is that typically a a positive open communication relationship or is that sometimes uh maybe a little more contentious is it is it i would imagine that it's it's a little bit of both sometimes yeah, you know, there's there's obviously things that uh, just perspective wise, if you're at the state level and you're looking at things, uh, you may not under you may not uh, may not see it from the, the local perspective about how we deal with issues such as um, crime control or uh, a hot topic is always things like tax incentives with economic development, etc. So you know, oftentimes there are uh, criticisms of what local governments are doing. Uh, sometimes it takes you know that it takes a continued communication between local government and the state government so that they can understand and see what the realities are on the ground why we're doing things the way we're doing uh, sometimes the media doesn't always frame it you know in the <laughs> most positive light uh, so you know you're always battling against that out here in St. Charles County you know we have a completely republican um, legislative uh, caucus mm-hmm. Obviously, the Republicans are in control in Jefferson City. That helps, I think, with the communication. Most of the elected officials out here are, I think, uh, more or less on the same page uh, as far as their, the political spectrum as their state legislators. But you go to St. Louis County, that can be different. You know, I was the head of the municipal league, which uh, at one point in St. Louis County when I was mayor, and, you know, obviously we as municipalities all tried to work together with the various legislators throughout the county. Some were very conservative, some were extremely 
extremely liberal, some were moderate, and some were in between. And so sometimes you would have that mayor who was a more conservative mayor or a much more liberal mayor, obviously going to their uh, elected official in Jeff City, and you might be diametrically opposed on some issues. But ultimately, the municipalities, you know, we're really focused on, you know, trying to contain or maintain local control so that we can govern our communities the way that our residents want it to be uh, governed. We're trying to make sure that we have all the tools available to promote economic vitality and economic growth in our communities. Um, We're trying to make sure that we have the ability to provide public safety, that our officers are not handcuffed. Uh, literally or figuratively, uh, that we're able to be able to do crime control efforts in a manner that is effective and keeps our communities and our neighborhoods safe. We're practitioners down on the ground doing that. Sometimes we need to make sure that our legislators in Jeff City recognizes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the un. Sometimes it's not what they were trying to do, but it's the unintended consequences of their actions. So there's a lot of that conversation. You know, it's uh, it's interesting that you say that um, basically on the same page, and and because that's been a um, uh, when it comes to you know, especially out in St. Charles County, what what various uh, city mayors and leaders are looking to do um, in conjunction with the elected officials. That has been something that has been um, discussed a lot regarding last legislative session and going into this legislative session, some Republicans, there's been some Republicans upset with other Republicans. And, you know, like like you mentioned, we have this uh, a supermajority in, in the state of Missouri uh, with Republicans, and you'd think that that would make it easier for Republican policies and issues and laws to, you know, make their way through the legislative session. But we haven't seen that. And we've seen various, uh, you know, more conservative Republicans call out others. And I think that's going to play a big role in um, in this coming session. From your standpoint, as somebody who has uh, worked, you know, uh, as an elected official in St. Louis County and now working in St. Charles County, um, do, do you do you think that that um, that maybe uh, uh, separation or or uh, uh, conflict within the Republican Party is overblown, or does that does that exist in the state of Missouri as much as uh, we we hear about it, um, especially these days? Well, I think we're seeing it everywhere across the country, and you yeah, know, I know there was true. there was even some uh, some litmus test uh, sort of things that were that I've heard floating around about uh, these sorts of. Uh, checklist, uh, so to speak, that they wanted to grade Republicans about who's a real Republican or who's conservative enough and, uh, you know, these sort of litmus tests that they want to hold Republicans to instead of recognizing that we as a party, and I say we as a party, I used to be an active Republican. <laughs> I'm nonpartisan in nowadays, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but, for now. Uh, but, you know, the, for now. For the party, you know, should be much, in a much broader tent, right? And then yeah. that's the, and that's where everybody needs to, both sides need to recognize that they need to work you know towards the common good um unfortunately you do see sometimes the republicans tend to you know once the party gets so big there tends to be this almost calling of the herd within the party about who's who's uh you know has the heart of the party so to speak and i think that's where we oftentimes have the the problems even with our our local government um I think there's a lot of elected officials out here who would consider themselves Republican. Maybe they don't agree on some of the the uh, methods in which other Republicans do things. But at the end of the day, you know, municipalities we're we're always working to try to 
we're the practitioners on the ground, right? We're, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can pass legislation in Jeff City about, you know, crime control, but at the end of the day, it's it's our officers on the street who are going to do it, right? Yeah. It's our prosecutors who are going to prosecute. You know, it's our public works people who are going to fix the roads. It's our economic development people who are going to make sure that these businesses open and stay open and grow and grow jobs. You know, the things that Jeff City does can help or hinder that. And sometimes there's things that may sound good from a, you know, from a political perspective, but we have to oftentimes help them understand the unintended consequences of some of the policies. Even if the policies have good intentions, everybody would love to see, you know, certain policies going into effect without getting into the weeds on, you know, taxation policies. Mm-hmm. There are unintended consequences to some of these. How do we work through those? And that's why we try to work with everybody on both sides to have a uh, have our communities not be negatively impacted, but positively impacted by whatever is happening in Jefferson. Yeah, secondary consequences and just the process. I mean, I know like the amendment process, the constitutional amendment process is going to play a huge role in this legislative session. Uh, we're almost out of time here. As I mentioned, we're, we're kind of doing a condensed Columbo and Katie today as we get ready to go live out to Jeff City with uh, Tim and Chris at 3 o'clock. Um, I want to dig deeper into some of these issues with you in the, in the very near future, but looking at uh, the uh, the report that uh, the St. Charles municipalities sent to the elected officials, their legislative priorities, I see right at the top of the list is retaining local control. So last uh, question for now, uh, being a person who's a big fan of states' rights and local control in general, uh, how important is that to uh, to uh, maintain right now, especially when we see a, a federal government uh, that is full of, of overreach like we've never seen before? Um, how important is that at this time? That is the absolute most important issue that local communities uh, have. I mean, as we, you know, talk about from a, from a state level, we always talk about the 50 uh, laboratories of democracy where states are allowed to uh, govern themselves the best way which fits the economic conditions of their state, the geographic conditions of the state. You know, these are the things that uh, we take pride as Americans, one nation, 50 states, 50 different laboratories of democracy. But I can say the same thing about, you know, the 114 counties in, in Missouri. Uh, Jefferson City needs to recognize that every county is different, that the economic situation is different, the ways that we can do economic development are different, the ways that people want to live in those counties can sometimes be different, and then all the way down to the hundreds and hundreds of municipalities that we have across the state. Uh, governing those and trying to uh, govern every community from Jefferson City is just as foolhardy as governing my community from Washington, D.C., which being the former mayor of Ferguson, I know exactly what that feels like. Oh, I, I bet. And I can't wait to get you back on uh, again very, very soon so we can dig into some of these issues. James Knowles, the city manager of Dardine Prairie, former mayor of Ferguson. Really appreciate your time as always, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year. Thanks, Tony. Take care. Yeah, you bet. Great stuff there from Mayor James Knowles. And we roll along as we get ready for the uh, broadcast from Jeff City at 3 o'clock. We are going to talk to the insider's insider of local politics. Nobody better to talk to today than Rodney Boyd. He joins us next on Columbo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.
back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Going to be turning it over uh, at 3 o'clock this afternoon, an hour earlier than usual, to the Tim Jones and Chris Arp Show. Tim and Chris are live in Jeff City for the beginning of the 2024 Missouri Legislative Session. Great stuff in that last segment from James Knowles, the former mayor of Ferguson, current city manager of Dardine Prairie. Uh, we are getting ready for that broadcast and looking uh, forward to this legislative session and the issues that are going to be on the line and the things that are going to be discussed. And uh, we continue on that topic now. Um, Michelle Tucker, we, should, we need to do a call with her next. <laughs> Is he right? Yeah, think he's ready that that's rodney boyd who's the rodney boyd is the busiest man alive on a normal day but on a day like today the opening of the legislative session and uh with everything happening there in jeff city uh rodney is a busy man and uh let's uh let's try let's go to him again here uh right now rodney uh are you there I am here. Yes, uh, all right. Yes, yeah. Yes, we. I, I think we dipped into the end of your phone call there. So sorry about that. We. <laughs> no, I apologize. I, know, I apologize. You're all I, was good. To, I was trying to trying to get to a place where I could get a, a conversation that wasn't uh, leading yeah. to this great interview about. You're that. good. What is uh, before we? I mean, to kind of to this point, uh, before we talk about any of these uh, these these potential issues that will be discussed this year just right now what is the atmosphere in in the capital and it's got to be chaotic and busy right now but is it um well, is it optimistic is it a positive atmosphere today well look i mean it's 50 50 right now there's optimism because there's a bit of calm what i mean by that is we haven't really got into any issues this is the first day of what will be I think a very volatile session. So mm. you, you picked a great day to kind of ask for the climate. It's calm. It's a, it's a calm day. Um, but I mean, as you start to think about some of the issues and the backdrop, Tony, the backdrop for today, the backdrop for this session is one of the most intensely volatile election years. <laughs> Uh, uh, someone said this to me earlier today and I, and I hadn't even thought about it. They said, you know, we got 200 and something days until the big day. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? August the 6th primary day, because in our state, as we talked about, the primary mm-hmm. will set the table for basically who the victor is in the general. And I hadn't thought about it numerically, but I would say that we got 200 some odd days of intense, intensely political and personal uh, 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 debate, heat, everything you can imagine. And this place is going to be the epicenter of it, you know? Um, and so I just think that today is probably, and this week will be one of the calmest, most genteel, uh, the old saying, calm before the storm. Yeah. The storm is coming. So it's interesting you say that. There's so many issues. Just just looking today at, at, at various articles um, previewing the, the session, the list of issues that were touched on by just the two or three articles that I read right before the show. I mean, it's massive. There's so many uh, there's so many issues from crime to education to um, constitutional amendments, abortion. You know, there's all of there's this huge list of of 
of of priorities, which is you know doesn't even make any sense because not everything can be a priority. Uh, where do you see the most contention? What which of those issues, or maybe some issues that I didn't mention, um, do you see the uh, the biggest the biggest problems, the biggest debates, arguments arising from? Look, I mean, I think we're going to continue to have a very and I use the word spirited mm. um, uh, conversation about abortion in the building, right? Because what Roe did, what the Supreme Court did in overturning Roe, was they pushed this issue back to the states. We had legislation that was triggered that basically set the current uh, paradigm for abortion in Missouri, restricting and limiting it with certain exceptions. But now there's an initiative petition effort to force the issue yet again. There's efforts in the building to try to sort of get out in front of the initiative petition. And this is, you know, of our generation, I mean, abortion, immigration, uh, uh, these are the types of issues that are very polarizing in our society. I mean, there's not, I hate to say it, but on some of these issues, there's just not a middle. It's a we-they mentality. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a us-them mentality. But when you have issues that are that don't have a middle, right, they just have a sort of a we-they perspective or us versus them, and you bring them into the Capitol, um, you know, you have a lot of contentious debates. Now, remember who we are in this Missouri legislature and the government side, super majority, super majority Republicans. So at the end of the day, I think the Republican side of the ledger will prevail, but it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of angst and 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 uh, in the building anyway, a lot of angst, a lot of push, a lot of pull, a lot of chat. Right? You'll see this uh, at the federal level as well. But I just think we're at the point now where you're going to have a lot of conversations about abortion. And, and once again, we can't separate this session from the context. This is an election year. Mm-hmm. You've got in this building, you've got in the building, you know, 163 House members, 34 senators. And, you know, of those two cores of people, you've probably got 40 or 50 people that will be filing for some new office in February. So the context is, this is, and, and we said at the outset of this interview, this is a primary driven state. You win the primary, you're most likely going to walk into the general election and become the victor. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of structure, everything is sort of colored by the political appetites and people in the building. So on the abortion side, there are people that are going to want to go home and every we have a session that wraps usually on Friday. Every Friday, people are going to want to go home in the campaign cycle and tell the people what they did this last week in Jeff City to advance their uh, their position uh, on the abortion issue. The immigration issue, my friend, as you know, today, 60 members of the Republican U.S. House are down at the border looking at this. Most people don't know this because we get a little bit... Uh, relax during the holidays and we turn the news down. Last month in the United States of America, I, I don't have the exact number, so I forgot it. I don't want to be fact-checked on it, but I think I was told we had a record number of illegal boarding crosses on the southern border. A record number last month in December. We did. That is a fact. We, we reported on that the yeah. other day. It was December. Uh, December set the record, and the record was uh, set in September. So just to show you how out of control the end of the year was, the uh, previous record was September, and then it was broken again in December. And, and, and Tony, the reality is, the reality, you see this from now from the Democratic mayors of New York, Chicago, other Democratic mayors. This issue is becoming a national, not a southern 
border issue, a national issue, and every community, uh, not every community, but nearly every community is going to have to deal with the immigration issue and the cost. When you have hundreds of thousands, I think it was 10,000 a day of people coming to this country without even an ID, and they all bring their fiscal needs, and then we have to find a way as a society to pay for this. This border issue, this immigration issue, I think, you know, I, I, I do not want to minimize the abortion issue. It's a massive one. But I think this immigration issue is going to be the decisive issue in this election cycle across a number of elections. Because when you start to talk about millions of people coming into this country and having to be subsidized by state, local, and federal budgets that are already, um, really already overextended, it doesn't add up. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Rodney. I think it is going to be right now. It's kind of a sleeper issue for the general public, uh, but I, I think not only because it's going to have such impact on the area, but also it's, it's, it's new. I mean, we've. You know, over the years, we've discussed abortion and crime and education, but uh, this influx of immigrants is something that we've never seen before in our area, just like many other cities across the country. There were some you said that we're talking to Rodney Boyd um, in Jeff City. We there was some you said there that uh, uh, perked my ears a little bit. Just before we were talking to you, we were talking to James Knowles, who is the city manager in Darting Prairie, of course, former mayor of Ferguson. And we touched on on this, too. You you mentioned the us versus them mentality uh, to make any progress on these big issues. There's going to have to be some solidarity. There's going to have to be some unity within the Republican Party or the Democratic, but whatever side is trying to, you know, uh, get something accomplished. Uh, how much of that us versus them mentality mentality exists within the Republican Party, not necessarily just with the the left? Well, every level, federal. Well, let me say, every, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm levels, talking federal, specifically about yeah. Missouri. I'm talking about specifically yeah, about yeah, look, look, Missouri. I think it's significant and I think it's going to show up. That's why that's why it's not a slam dunk on any of these issues, whether it's abortion or immigration or how we treat the constitutional amendment process, because within these caucuses, there are real different and distinct factions. We saw the template for this at the federal level when uh, Speaker McCarthy had to go through $25 because he couldn't consolidate within his own caucus. You're going to see versions of that here in Jefferson City because, quite frankly, there are people, there's a spectrum of Republicans, and that spectrum includes people that are that, that see the idea of compromising on core values as a bridge too far, period. Mm-hmm. So there's no room. And then there are people that feel like, hey, if we don't compromise, we come out with a policy that either ends up in litigation or gets repealed or whatever, or overturned. And so let's compromise. And the tension is between those two factions, but it's always been. It's just now, in 2023, the stakes are higher. People have more access to social media. Uh, the voter base is is at least more accessible. I won't say they're more engaged. I almost said more engaged. Mm. But you can get messages out to your constituents as things are happening. And that really gives people who are zealous and focused on not sort of bending uh, more support. Because if I send out a message and say, hey, I just stood on the floor of the Senate and I just told him like it was, we're not going to compromise on this. And if I get, I hate to say it, but if I get 5,000 likes, Mm-hmm. While I'm still on the floor, 
do you think I'm going to go now and, com- and compromise within my pocket? <laughs> I'm going to, you know, it's not going to happen. Right. So I, I'm, I'm a student of this building and this, this process, but I've never seen the impact of real immediate feedback from constituents like I see now with the advent of social media. And I think it lends itself to, to less compromise, not more. Yeah. Well, tell me <laughs> I, I, along those lines, tell me if this is reality because I'm hearing more than ever before from elected officials in the state of Missouri that they aren't going to, that they're not going to just go along to get along. They're not going to just let it happen. They're not going to just, you know, grit their teeth privately behind the scenes and, and roll with it. They're going to call it out. They're going to call out, you know, people within their own party, the, the system itself. How much of a, how real is that uh, aspect um, playing an impact on this legislative session. Is that, is that, it's is that all talk? Listen, it's a hundred percent real. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It's, it's fed into a little bit by the model of the example where I was, we were talking about where if I put a message out that I'm standing up for this and I get a thousand likes or 5,000 likes, I'm not going to come back off of it. So people are able in the way the world works now and how people are able to get responses to get a kind of a validation to their position. The problem is, that works across the spectrum. If I'm sending out a message to a group of sort of traditional moderate Republicans who are pro-business who say, hey, get the best deal you can, right? And so compromise, and I get a thousand likes on, on that message, then I come back out to the floor and I feel like, hey, I'm right. And in all of this plurality of validation, there's very little room for compromise. So I think that what you framed up is a, is a new normal. And that's why, you know, it gets very difficult to build consensus through the legislative process in this building, which is also why you have seen, Tony, in the last 15 years, a number of the major issues in terms of policy, constitutional policy, being done through the initiative petition process. Because people, when they can't get to a point in the process in the building where they can come up with something that's enactable, they just say, hey, we're gonna go get a couple of million signatures and we're gonna ask the voters to bypass the legislature. That has become as normal of a pathway on big issues as trying to get a bill passed. Got just a couple minutes left here with Ronnie Boyd before we talk to the sheriff of Jefferson County, Dave Marshak. So, uh, Ronnie, before we run out of time, uh, set the table timeline wise. When do we see not necessarily a bill being you know passed or anything, but like when do we when will we be talking about um, uh, real votes happening? on on the floor there in Jeff City and what in in your um uh estimation will be the first couple of issues that will be addressed when will all the news really start to to happen there from the capitol so i think today set the context for the time mm-hmm. for the first time bills that have been pre-filed from december are referred to committee so you have the the first reading that's where bills get uh-oh. Tony, you still there? Yep. Yes, sir. You cut out for a second, but yeah. you're back. Go ahead, Rodney. Yeah. So that's where today is the day where bills get referred to committee and the process by which we move legislation is committee process. So bill has to go to committee. It has to be heard, vetted. From there, it gets either advanced or it doesn't. If it's advanced, it gets referred to the floor of the respective chamber, whether it's the Senate or the House. 
And once bills get to the floor, that's where the real debate happens. It's two very different processes, more deliberative, long-winded process in the Senate, more top-down if it's a priority, then let's move on it quickly uh, in terms of what we do in the House. I think you're going to see some things on abortion that move very quickly to sort of uh, anchor down the conservative position that has been sort of implemented already. I think you're going to see some things move very, very, very forcefully uh, in that direction. I think there's going to be some 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 efforts to move something on immigration that deals with uh, the ability for other states to not send. We'll see, not send uh, folks here. That's a little trickier because we actually don't really have the right to refuse refugees. But when I learned about the process, and we should talk more about this. It was oh, a little yeah, frightening. we will. If, if, yeah, yeah. If the federal government says we're sending this number, you've got to figure out where to put them. So you're going to see how that impacts us, but there'll be some, some, some narratives around that. There is still a very serious conversation that I think will get the volume turned up on how we look at this process of amending our constitution. Uh, took the, the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's coming. <clears throat> I think it's coming early because I think now with abortion, I think with some of the other issues that are on the table, people are saying, why is it so easy or should it be so easy to amend our constitution? Shouldn't we have a higher standard? Shouldn't we require more? Shouldn't we have another? So I think those are a couple of issues now, now remember the driving engine, the engine that drives the session. It's not as sexy as as, as, uh, as some of these other topics. Uh, it's not as political as the budget. So also we have now to start the budget process, where you're going to have people take a look at how we appropriate the dollars that come from the taxpayers, both citizen and corporate, and the federal dollars that we get back on those we set up. And so these are the processes that are going to start taking shape now. But to your question about when we start to sort of get to this, when is some sausage in this sausage making process? <laughs> when will we see it, get to taste it? That's going to happen as bills come out of committee and make their way to the floor of their respective chambers. And that's when you'll be hearing a lot of sound bites that people be wanting to come on your show and tell you what they got accomplished or what they did to stop something from happening. Ronnie, last question for now, and we'll get into all of these issues, uh, obviously, much more in depth in the coming weeks. But on that constitutional amendment process, I every person I've ever talked to about the constitutional amendment process in Missouri has said it's not right. It's not. That's not what the Constitution is for. There needs to be a different way. It needs to be done a different way. I, I have heard, I mean, basically unity and also, by the way, common sense tells you that there needs to be, in my opinion, at least, tells you that there needs to that needs to be addressed and cleaned up. So just be, just because there seems to be everybody on the same page and just because it's common sense in politics does not mean it's a sure thing to happen. Uh, do you feel like there will be on that amendment? And again, uh, we can get into the details of that. But just in general, do you feel like that will get addressed and cleaned up in this legislative session? Or is it as murky as every other issue? So you, you gave me two options and I want to take them both. It will get addressed. I'm not so sure that it will be cleaned up. You asked me, will it get addressed and yeah. cleaned up? Here's why. The process up here, it is much easier to stop something from happening than to make something happen. And to change the referendum process means you're making something happen. 
And if there are forces, and there are, that kind of like the ease of amending the Constitution because it's been used to give people the ability to create, you know, whether, whether it's medicinal marijuana or other initiatives or Medicaid expansion, I think the challenge with cleaning it up or tightening it up is that there are always people that feel like you might close the door on their desire to use that easy process. And if those folks show up, and they will, and they spend some resources to stop the they, 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 to stop the final deal is somewhat plausible. So it's going to take a lot of willpower. If, if everybody is where you said and the voices rise enough from constituency, it'll get done. The constituents have to show up and drown out any of the interest groups that will want to keep the status quo. Question for me always as I come up to this building first day now through May is, where are Missourians really at on these issues? I wish we heard more from the everyday Missourian citizen on these issues. I'm a consultant. I get to come up here for clients, but even I sometimes wonder where are the voices of the people, the regular folks. Yeah. And the more you hear from regular folks, and your show could be a great medium to get some of those folks, not just to talk about these issues, but to call their representatives and be heard on it. That's when you start to see things really, really change. When real Missourians weigh in on this process, which is, by the way, the nickname for this building I'm in now is the People's House. Yeah. When the people show up at their own house, behavior changes. Well, Rodney, we'll give a platform to those voices right here on Columbo and Katie. And you can hear Rodney Boyd every Wednesday afternoon moving forward. And uh, great insight as always and lots to talk about in the coming weeks, my friend. Uh, I'll let you go back to the uh, sea of madness there at the Capitol and we'll talk to you soon. Roddy Boyd, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, great stuff as always there from the Insider's Insider of Missouri Politics, Rodney Boyd. All right, we will look forward to the 2024 legislative session from the law enforcement aspect when we talk to the sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak, joins us next on Columbo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. You're listening to Columbo and Katie. Well, this has been about the uh, fastest hour of radio I can ever remember as we get you ready for an extended version of the Tim Jones and Chris Arb show this afternoon. They are going to take over here in just about 10 minutes at 3 o'clock live from Jeff City as today is the opening day of the legislative session in the state of Missouri for 2024. And they have got a packed show full of all of the uh, big names in Missouri politics. They will be with you from 3 to 6 this afternoon. Uh, I'm Tony Colombo here in studio. I don't even think I got a chance to mention as we're flying through uh, all these conversations today that uh, my partner Katie Fitzpatrick is out today. She is on a uh, brief little well-deserved vacation but she will be back uh, very very soon and uh, as I mentioned we talked to Rodney Boyd in that last segment. James Knowles the former mayor of Ferguson and current city manager of Darden Prairie before that. So if you missed any of that, make sure you are subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast so you don't miss any of those conversations. And before we hand it over to Tim and Chris, we have now on the line with us uh, the sheriff of Jefferson County.
County. Back on the show with us, Sheriff Dave Marshak, as uh, we look forward to the uh, the new year, the election year, and this legislative session. Uh, it's great to, of course, get uh, the law enforcement uh, perspective on all of that as well. Sheriff, great to talk with you, my friend. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy, new, happy New Year to you. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to 2024, you know, like in a, in a broad sense. And of course, we'll have you on, I'm sure, many times through the year to dig into uh, the specifics of, of, of these various issues. But uh, how is your feeling kicking off this new year? It's going to be a contentious year at the ballot box, both locally and nationally. Uh, we did see some good stats out of the city of St. Louis. The uh, homicide rate uh, was down for the first time that I can uh remember uh how are you uh, optimistic what's your general feel as we start the new year here you know i'm, I'm a pretty I'm, listen uh, i'm a pretty optimistic person in general i at the same time i try not to uh, uh sugarcoat the obvious and speak the truth on what's going on mm-hmm. uh in criminal justice but uh look our preliminary numbers suggest decreases in most categories as well i'm a little cautious about uh sharing what those look like simply because a few years ago, the FBI changed the format in which uh, re- the requirements for law enforcement and how they collect the stats. And so, like most agencies of significant size, we're a little bit behind on that um, just to make sure that we're accurately reporting. And I know that's been a challenge for law enforcement agencies throughout the country. Uh, so I'm a little cautious. Again, a lot of agencies around the country are touting you know, significant decreases, and yet the numbers aren't in yet, and there's still a lot of agencies that aren't reporting um, to the FBI. So let's not celebrate it, but right now, locally, uh, it looks like we have some successes in our region. So as we look forward to the legislative session, um, I asked James Knowles this earlier, who, you know, is a city manager there in St. Charles County and also was the mayor of Ferguson. So he's got the St. Charles County and St. Louis County experience behind him. But for you, (laughs) that's that's one that's one observation. I think he's got a lot of experience. He sure does. He sure does. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. To say the least, we could do uh, he he could do a a whole uh, series of from his experiences. Oh, my goodness. Um, but uh, from your perspective, not only uh, from a, uh, you know, a, a, a leader in law enforcement, but also an elected official uh, being uh, a sheriff, uh, how much, if any, communication do you have with the elected officials in Jeff County that are the ones uh, in Jeff City representing your uh, constituents? Do you uh, do you have uh, influence or conversations with um, with what they're working on specifically when it comes to law enforcement? Or is that Undoubt- uh, un- yeah. undoubtedly? Yes. Um, and so the answer to your question is, I mean. Uh, contact throughout the legislative session, uh, not only with uh, our legislators, but also uh, those in leadership positions. Uh, I sit on the board of the Missouri Sheriff's Association. Um, I sit on several other committees that uh, have legislative uh, interest uh, on what goes on in Jefferson City. And so, uh, you know, I don't know, I'll probably make my way up there 10 or 12 times during the legislative session to have those conversations and talk about what's going on. Uh, Because the reality is, you know, many of these legislators get bombarded with so many different issues and challenges that are presented uh, across the state that it's important that they hear from law enforcement and have uh, that ear. And when there is an issue or a challenge, they can make that phone call and know they can personally contact me. Uh, And then I'm, again, straight shooter. I'm going to give them given the information that they need so they can make an educated decision. And I think we have to pay attention to what is going on up there. 
so we don't get to legislation that is counterproductive to keeping our citizens safe. Yeah, amen. That's I'm I'm glad to hear that that is a a open line of communication that uh, hopefully is a, a a productive one as well. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we're kind of just uh, uh, going over broadly these various issues. I'm, I would love to get you back on very soon to dig into some of them. But um, uh, what are what are some of the the issues, if any, that you would like to see the legislative body address uh, for law enforcement in the state of Missouri this year? Oh, yeah, we've, we've got a bunch. I mean, you know, just in terms of law enforcement alone, I think the one that probably is of greatest interest to the citizens is having some truth in sentencing legislation. You know, if uh, we sentence somebody, if the criminal justice system sentenced somebody to 10 years uh, incarceration, they may be out in a year, year and a half, and that's attributed to the flexibility uh, and discretion that the Missouri Department of Con- uh, Corrections has. I-, I think there needs to be some truth in sentencing. When, you know, when you're a victim of a crime, I think that's important. Um, I think there's a lot of different um, uh, smaller pieces of legislation maybe that aren't as, uh, shouldn't be prioritized as much. I know that our legislator has uh, uh, big challenges. And as I shared, I'm in Jeff City. I, I see him doing the people's work all the time. Uh, I respect them for doing what they do. Um, so I hope it's a productive year, but from a law enforcement perspective, I think that's probably one of the biggest ones. I know that uh, behind the scene, there's some conversations going on uh, about a couple of different things, but I'm not quite sure I can share that yet. So, Sheriff, uh, we're almost out of time here, but we started with uh, you said you were an optimistic guy. Are you optimistic that there could be some uh, legitimate movement and productivity on on that issue this year? <laughs> I'm an optimist, but I'm not crazy. So I've seen, I've seen the process. I've seen the process how uh, they've yielded success and failures. Uh, look, I'm an optimist. I think we get some things done in 2024. Uh, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, let's get you back on very, very soon so we can dig into the details of some of these important issues that will be facing our area in 2024. Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County, uh, as always, appreciate your time today, sir. Thanks a lot. Have a great kickoff. Yeah, right, you bet. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Sheriff. Great stuff, as always, from uh, Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. Boy, that hour just absolutely flew by. If you missed any of it again, Make sure you are subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast. We put out the show as a podcast shortly after we get off the air every single day on basically every podcast platform. So whatever your favorite is, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, we're on all of them and many more. Make sure you're subscribed to the Columbo and Katie show. And uh, don't forget about the cameras either. You can also watch us every day. Uh, If this is not something that you have uh, done in the past, uh, maybe make it your New Year's resolution to also watch the Columbo and Katie show. Uh, We are live every day on the News Talk STL Rumble page, Facebook page, Twitter page, YouTube channel, and of course our very own YouTube channel, Columbo and Katie on YouTube. Make sure you are checking that out. All right. As I mentioned, we are signing off an hour early today on Columbo and Katie because Tim Jones and Chris Arps are live in Jeff City for the kickoff of the 2024 Missouri Legislative Session. And uh, so they are going to take over next. Columbo and Katie back tomorrow at 2. Keep it here for the Tim Jones and Chris Arps show on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. 
For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.